Welcome, everyone, to another episode of LifeSpark Live, The Complete Shift, where we take the time to have national conversations about senior health that no one is having. Together, let's get to the heart of the matter, to an ever-growing aging market, revealing the opportunity, mindset, and solutions for a much-needed, complete shift in senior health. I'm Joel Tyson, a nurse, CEO, and the host of LifeSpark Live. I'm so excited to talk data, depth, and humanity with all of you. Let's get the conversation going. In each of these episodes, we talk a lot about the shift that's needed, not only to bring health home, but to bring humanity back. To be successful and meet consumer demand, there's a lot that can be learned from history and how the boomer generation has been a driving force behind the incredible shifts in healthcare. Joining me today is Steve Gillum, an expert on this very topic. Steve is one of the nation's leading experts on modern American history and politics. He has written nearly a dozen books, including America's Reluctant Prince, The Life of John F. Kennedy Jr., and Boomer Nation, The Largest and Richest Generation and How It Changed America. Steve, welcome. Thanks, Joel. It's great to be with you today. Steve, let's dive right into this historical perspective of Boomer Nation. You know, what is the view on aging and how can we respond and create experiences that resonate with this huge population. Well, if you, if you take the idea that the past is prologue, one of the ways of understanding how the boomer generation is going to look at aging is to look at the way they have transformed every institution, transformed every institution as they've gone through the life cycle. One of the metaphors we use often is the pig and the python. Uh, the, the generation before the boomers, the silent generation was about 30 million people, Gen X afterwards was about 45. The boomers were roughly 80 million people. So there's this mass that has gone, moved through the life cycle over the past 60 plus years. And despite all their differences in terms of geography and race and class, there's a certain theme that runs through this generation. I think that that theme that runs through the generation is also going to uh, deal with the way they, they address aging. And you know, I think one of the a couple of the common themes that, that we can we can identify are, you know, this is a generation that believes in choice. They want to have choices. Uh, if you look at the legacy of this generation going back to the 1960s, their greatest legacy was that they expanded the range of choices that people have about the way they live their lives. Whether it began with the African American freedom struggle through the women's movement, the gay rights movement, all these things were about expanding choices. They also, this is also the empowerment generation. Not only did they empower other people, but they want to be empowered themselves to make decisions and to make decisions on their own. And, and there's also a sense, you know, this is a generation that wants to have purpose in its later years. So this, the whole concept of retirement and aging as it was defined by past generations, it's just going to go out the window. And this generation is going to transform the way we think about aging and the way we think about medicine and the way we think about seniors uh, in a way that we've never seen before. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And you made, you made me think of something through that. You know, what do you think, you know, as, as you know, this, this, this population has obviously also extended their lifespan, right? There's a longer time on earth now for these folks. And what do you see in your work and your history? And, and if you could share a little bit about your thoughts on when people you know, maybe have a few challenges. They have a little bit more of things that, you know, create a, a little bit of physical or mental, uh, 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 
you know, struggle or challenge in their life. How do you think this population is going to respond? And, and what do you think they're going to be thinking about and, 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 and be and their behavior uh, kind of as, as we as they move forward into those later years? Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of things. One, this is something I learned from uh, Emilio Parda with uh, his initiative on Life Reimagined at, uh, at AARP. The idea that this is a generation because not only are they going to live longer, but they want to have some purpose in those in the in those years. The idea that they're going to, you know, retire at sixty five and and start sitting and watching television for the rest of their lives is simply not true. They want some sense of purpose. They also are going to, as you mentioned, they're going to be living longer. So they're going to create a whole new phase of the life cycle, a phase that did not exist before. And when it comes to healthcare in particular, if you take the same themes that we've seen this generation uh, develop throughout their lifespan, you can apply those to aging. So what they're going to want to do is be independent. Uh, they, uh, they are going to want to have greater control over the healthcare decisions uh, that they make. They're, going to de- they're not going to be a passive generation. They're going to be demanding that the medical profession uh, redefine itself to meet their needs, which is what they've done throughout uh, their their lifespan. So I think what you're going to see is a whole new phase uh, because the generation is living longer. They're going to be healthier longer. They're also going to have you know, more medical issues because they're living longer. And I think they're going to expect the medical profession and the way we think about aging to be to change with them. And I think it's it's they're going to demand choice. They're going to demand empowerment. They're, they want to be in, in control of their own decisions. And they're going to expect, uh, they want to be as independent and self-reliant as possible for as long as possible. That's awesome. That's really important. And, and I love what you talk about in your book and, and what you're talking about now as far as the the true, uh, the force, right, that there is, I mean, in, in this cohort that, that really does uh, 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 really allow us, it's, it's not so much a force, but, it, you know, really allows us as providers and people in this industry to think about how do we anticipate those opportunities? How do we think proactively, right? Uh, a lot of folks in our society, as you know, move really fast. We're a very, very quick moving society and we, we react. Uh, do you see this population, of, uh, this boomer population getting into more of, in the, and that purpose theme on that work that you've done with, uh, with uh, AARP, are they starting to plan a little differently? Are they starting to think more forward in that? Or, or is it still sort of like reactive in, in the way that they perceive and think and ultimately will act on, on, their, uh, on their choice, on their independence? Yeah. No, they're not going to be reactive at all. Um, Great. They're going to force institutions to respond to them. Um, and I think you, you, there's, so many, there's so many studies that have been done of uh, this generation as it moves into, you know, the, as they moved into their 60s. You know, traditionally, uh, people, when they hit 65, there was this like, magic day where suddenly they stopped working. And there was there was really not a clearly defined phase of their life after 65. Well, this generation uh, is simply not going to accept that. They, they're going to be, want to be more socially involved. They're going to be more socially engaged. Uh, they also... Um, um, uh, they are going to be more demanding. Um, and um, past generations, there's been a lot of studies about people and their attitudes toward medical care, and past generations have been pretty passive. You know, they, they don't always communicate their needs and their desires to their, to, their, to their doctors. Well, this generation is completely different from that. They're going to make it clear 
what their needs are, what their demands are, and they're going to force the medical profession to respond to them. And, and I, so, you know, it's, um, as an historian, I, I spend my time trying to figure out the past and I'm, I'm reluctant to project into the future, but we have a clear, we have 70 years of history to know what this generation is about, how it is, it is at each phase of the life cycle, it has redefined institutions to address its needs. And we can fully expect that they're going to do that with the aging process as well. They're going to expect the medical profession, everyone involved in the whole broader field of, of, of medicine and social services to respond to their needs, their needs to have choice, their needs to be empowered to make decisions for themselves, and their need to be as self-reliant and independent for as long as they possibly can. Yeah, that is great. So thanks for that response. And I just have one other quick follow-up on that is, do you see in your world and your, you know, obviously tying your history to your own experience, where, who's doing it right? Who's listening? Like who's really positioning well for this boom to to kind of come to fruition in, in, in the market? Like what kind of organizations or industries are are ahead of the game? Which ones do you think are behind the game in their preparation for this, this uh, you know, this population that's coming with, with that choice, with that independence, with that power, with that demanding kind of uh, point of view? I mean, do you see po- industries, parts of industries or companies that are doing that well? No. <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, it, what's, what's, what's amazing to me is that we know what's coming. You know, it's if you, you it's we, it's like a tidal wave. It's coming, and people just are standing there, and they think life is going to be the same as it's always been, and it's simply not. Uh, which is why I was so intrigued when when I learned about LifeSpark, because I think that you you have your finger on this, um, and you understand uh, first of all how this generation uh, is going to demand change, um, and I think a lot of the things that you're doing at LifeSpark is responding to those changes. And I think that's a, you know, that's a really encouraging sign for me because, uh, and at each step along the way, there have been people who have done that, have understood. My favorite story is about a guy named Eugene Gilbert, right? So Eugene Gilbert was an advertiser back in the 1950s. And he had a syndicated column called uh, What Youth Are Thinking or something along those lines. And and he did a study one time. There was a famous uh, early morning TV show called Captain Kangaroo, which I watched when I was a kid. And he found out that of the 4 million kids who watched that show, half went uh, shopping with their mothers three times a week. And of those, 80% asked their mothers to buy a product they had seen on Captain Kangaroo. Wow. So Gilbert was, you talk about under, he defined the, the baby boom generation, but he also understood that you have to completely change the way you advertise. You don't advertise the parents anymore. You advertise the children. So there have been pioneers like that at different stages along the way in all different walks of life. But I have not seen uh, that type of um, uh, uh, sort of foresight in anticipating what we're already in the midst of, which is the the creation of a new life stage in the life cycle and how the baby boom is going to define what that is. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. So thank you. And I think, you know, what we think about at LifeSpark, uh, Steve, on that regard is, you know, what we always want to slow down and, and listen, right? And discover what's important, not tell people what, you know, is important, not, not define that for them. So, so I really like that. And, you know, obviously we have a long way to go, but that discovery versus assessment kind of idea, you know, mm-hmm. is, is so important to us. And so I really like what you're saying. And, and I think, um, uh, 
I would agree with you that the, the industries are not ready for this population. Uh, but those that uh, do get ready uh, will, will be well rewarded. So, so great Absolutely. point. So thank you. I got another question for you, Steve. Um, I've seen in your writing and you talk a lot about the idea of self-denial versus self-fulfillment, right? Self-denial versus self-fulfillment. I really, really like that. And, and what do you mean by this? And how can you explain the difference between what we know about our previous generations versus boomers who are now really coming of age? Great question. So uh, that's it. These are categories that the um, uh, Daniel Yankelovich uh, developed back in the 1970s. So the idea is that we're shaped by our life experiences. So the generation, my parents' generation, uh, grew up during the Great Depression and World War II. There's a generation that, because of that searing experience, uh, uh, learned to deny themselves uh, sort of some of the, the finer things in life because they, they simply had to, had to make a life, a living. They didn't know where their next dollar was going to come from. So they were focused on, on bread and butter issues. They were, they were focused on having a job, providing for their families, paying for the house. Uh, and uh, what happens is in the relative prosperity that occurs in the post-war period, like relative because not everyone experiences it equally, but the relative prosperity that we've experienced in the the, the post-World War II generation, um, we have the opportunity to think about things beyond just basic needs, to think about our quality of life, not just the quantity of goods, but the quality of our lives. And I think that has been the defining feature of the baby boom generation. We were labeled, I think, um, inappropriately as the me generation uh, by Tom Wolfe, but it's really not, this, not about the me generation. It's about, uh, it's about, finding things in life that make us happy. Um, and that's a whole different standard than what uh, previous generations have. It's a privilege. It's an opportunity sure. that this generation had that previous generations did not have. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, you know, I know you're not a marketer, you're a historian, right, <laughs> right Steve? But, right. you know, when it, when it comes to that kind of that theme, you know, what would you suggest to people out there? I mean, obviously there's a lot of people listening, you know, that are going to be, you know, that are trying to think about how to better position and not so much from a marketing, but really a relevance point of view, right? I mean, given that theme, what kind of tips or what kind of thoughts would you have for those that are really trying to lean into that opportunity to hit that on mark? First thing is throw out the conventional wisdom. Um, the conventional wisdom isn't going to work for this generation. What you've done in the past is not going to work now. So you start from a clean slate and you think to yourselves, well, what is it? You know, first you understand what this generation is about, what their needs are, and you develop, you know, whatever you develop uh, services or products uh, that address those needs. But you have to recognize that it's going to be different from what things you've ever done in the past. And that means not only rethinking uh, the way you go about doing things, but it also means um, uh making changes to the, to the way you do business um, in order to, to create a new model, essentially, that's going to be appropriate for this generation. And, and it's going to be different in every uh, business, um, how you do that. But I think you have to begin by with a clean slate. You have to begin by saying, you know what, the things that we've done in the past are not going to work. This generation is not their parents' generation. Their idea of aging is not their parents' generation definition of aging. And we have to come up with, a, we have to understand who they are and what their needs are. 
and then develop institutions that will address those needs. Man, I think you're a marketer, Steve. That's pretty good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty solid. Uh, and I think it's a great point, right? I mean, I think that, you know, uh, we get into these rhythms and, you know, even in our own uh, cohorts of our, uh, just our daily lives uh, and on what we think, uh, think uh, you know, what we think people need or want based on some of that past uh, history. And, and this is a real opportunity to kind of, like you said, wipe that slate clean and really uh, start from square one, right? Which is great, right? Because it gives us a, a, a true ability to kind of unpack our bags a little bit, unpack some of the old and, and, and reframe what's really relevant. And, and I think, you know, you talked a lot about pointing at that purpose and that choice and that independence. I mean, those are such strong, strong, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, wants and needs of this population. So, so, so great, great, uh, great answer to that. And thank you. I think a lot of people will resonate with that and think hard about what it means for them as an individual, as well as what it means for them as a, as potentially a business. So love yeah, it. It, goes, I'm sorry, it goes back to something you said, uh, Joel, which is you have to listen. You know, you can't tell this generation what they want. You have to listen to what they need and what they tell you they want. And that's that's the foundation. That's the building block. That's how you understand this generation. That's how you learn to, to understand what services they're going to want. And, you know, I, listen, you've done it, right? You, I mean, you are doing it right now uh, in terms of understanding the, the this generation's desire to to be independent, to be self-sufficient, to be able to to live at home for as long as they possibly can, and to use that time to have a sense of purpose so they can do other things. The idea that you know life ends at 65 is just is gone. Uh, so people want to be not only just to not just survive, not, not just to go through the cycle of ups and downs in terms of healthcare. They want to thrive in their later years. They want to have a sense of purpose with their lives. And part of the way you do that is to provide them with a medical services that's all encompassing, that sort of uh, that uh, that uh, deals with all the different medical issues of their life in a holistic approach, which allows them to be more independent, which allows them the time and the space to work on the things they really care about, which is doing things that give them a sense of purpose. Yeah, you got it, Steve. And that's great. And really appreciate that. And I think that point where it's never the same, I mean, it's always individualized. This is a very individualized population. I believe they really want that, 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 that sense of it's about not about the me generation, right? But it, but it is about me in the sense of you need to know me and you need to, you know, need to serve me based on how I want to be served. Right. And I think part of what LifeSpark does there is, you know, we create these life plans, right. For people. And then we don't just, just kind of fast forward, we really, it's really collaborative as a partner with these folks as a trusting relationship and build that, build that opportunity to adjust and check adjust as you go, right? Because yeah. it's never stays the same. So, so that, that's, that's great. It's validating. I'm just kind of sharing, you know, that it's validating that what we're doing is, is making sense for this boomer nation, this boomer population and that, that, that kind of structure works. So, so really appreciate it. Good. I have uh, another question for you, uh, Steve. So now that you know a little bit about LifeSpark and you know a little bit about the senior services side, because I know you worked with ARP and Emilio Pardo and some really heavyweight people over the years. Um, you know, what, what, what would be your kind of final thoughts on, on your, your best insights? You know, what would you share if, if you were, if you, if, you know, if you could put yourself in those people's seats to help them be better in the world, right? Better for this population. Anything, any final tidbits or points that you'd like to throw in there? Well, I just think, you know, the things that you're doing, uh, you don't need advice from me because you're doing, you're doing these things already. You know, I think, you know, you, you have to listen to this generation and understand who they are. 
you need to have a sense of their, you know, their history, uh, because you know the past is prologue, um, and recognize that you know these core values that despite all their differences in this generation, they're divided in many things, especially politics, but there's an underlying thread to this generation. That thread is they want choices. They want to be empowered to make decisions on themselves, about themselves and about their lives. They want to, um, uh, uh, they want to have a sense of purpose about, uh, about their, their life, even in later years. Uh, so I think if you understand those basic concepts that, that grow out of an understanding of the history of the generation, then I think you're going to be in a good position to respond to where they are now in this, uh, in the stage of life they're in now. But it's, you know, I go back to what I said before, you just have to begin by throwing everything out yep. and starting over again and listening to the generation. It's something you said, I, just, I think is really so important. You have to listen to this generation and listen. To their, they're, they're used to, uh, uh, having institutions respond to their needs. And if you can't just, like, I, I, have, I have an elderly mom who's 90 years old, you know, when she goes to the doctor, the doctor barely pays attention to her because like, why bother? Uh, well, you know what? My generation's not going to, not going to accept that. Um, we want to have a healthcare system that responds to all of our needs. It's sort of holistic in its approach to our needs. And I think that's what uh, this generation needs what it wants. And those who I think like life spark who, who understand that are going to be way ahead of the game. Man, that's great, Steve. I mean, I can't thank you enough for your insights and perspectives. Those are, those are uh, real jewels. And I love that it's, it, you boiled it down there. You really summarize those, those big ones, right. That really matter. And we need to keep, keep almost putting those over in our overheads over and over, right. As we, as we, as we move forward to really be of service um, I really like the points that you made about purpose. You, you've talked a lot about purpose, Steve, and I have some really great friends, uh, Richard Leiter, who's written a bunch of, of books about purpose, who's a great friend of mine. And, and so quite honestly, uh, LifeSparks really evolved out of that holistic, as you say, right? Really from that holistic point of view where it's all about aging magnificently, right? We're all about purpose and that's really our spark and purpose, right? It all go together. And so I, I really love that, uh, you know, that, that's the, that's the driving force because, you know, it's, it's really what's in all of our humanity, but I like that this cohort is really driving that, right? They won't settle. And I like that point that you made about not settling. So with that, I really appreciate it. Uh, I want to let everybody know that if you haven't read some of Steve's books, we sure encourage you to do that, especially Boomer Nation. Um, and congratulations on your podcast on the History Channel, Steve, which will be available in June. It's around the assassination of John F. Kennedy 24 hours after. I think that's obviously everybody always has a lot of interest in, in that story. So, so we, we really uh, will look forward to seeing that, Steve, and look forward to uh, continuing to learn through your work and, uh, and, th and through your words. So to those listening to our first LifeSpark Live, I want to thank you. We always believe that isolation is fatal. And that's why we want to talk to smart people like Steve and really go back in time to go forward in a much more thoughtful way. If we're going to create the shift that's needed, it really will take all of us to help people age magnificently. So I want to thank you all for listening. And uh, we, we are really excited about this opportunity to continue to have a dialogue with you long into the future. So thank you very much.